Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, Week 7 Waivers. I'm Chris Welsh. That is Jake Seeley. What an awful week. What a bad week. Injuries. Nobody played good. The 49ers lost. I know you all agree with every sentiment I just had there. Awful week. Turn the corner. Maybe waivers will help. There's some stuff out there. And Jake Seeley's article will always help. So if you're not already, get a subscription to The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at AllInKid. Check the link and click the link. You can sign up today, get access to that and the ranks because they are must-haves for every week of NFL action. Jake, it was a dumb week. I hate this week. I want to move on from it, but I don't know if this coming week is going to be any better. Uh, it's, yeah, it might not be any better. Tell me it will be. I, I would love to tell you it will be. I would love to tell you that like getting back from the West Coast, I should have just stayed out there and put my head in the sand and just never looked again because it, this is annoying. I don't know if it was more annoying. It was trying to watch all the games because I had to keep cycling through them because if you're watching a laptop or an app, you, the YouTube quad box is only for TVs. I just found that out. So that yeah. was, I, I, I missed it. I missed having eight games at once on my two TVs, but trying to follow along was annoying. Waking up at five 30. Well, actually even earlier than that because of the stupid London game was, the, but all that being said, I said it on the All in Football podcast. I feel your pain this week to everybody out there because for five out of six weeks I've had in my home league, which is my favorite league, I've had somebody get hurt, Debo Samuel, get me almost a zero. Out of the entire season, five of the six weeks, I've faced a top two scoring team. I have over 900 points scored against me. People show up to face Jake, and it's absurd. The next closest team is like 70 points behind me. And the topper, the cap it all off, Welsh, on top of it, last night in Monday Night Football, I feel your pain 100% because I was at least hoping to get the league median and get a one-on-one game again, again, for another time this year. And the Justin Herbert interception kicked me out of the league median oh to my. one point short of it. The oh, the, uh, the interception itself knocked you <laughs> yes. out? Oh, my. So week, I feel everybody's pain. <laughs> week six sucked. I am over it. I forgot. And you now were... I get six teams on the bye. <laughs> I, yeah. Woo. And we got all these injuries. We're going to be starting Zach Evans this week. It's going to be crazy. I forgot. You said uh, off air before we started, you're like, man, West Coast sucks. And I was like, I love the West Coast. But I forgot you were out here and you were feeling my pain of having to get up early for all the East Coasters and all that type of stuff. But it's, it's, it is beautiful, but not beautiful when you're in layovers in Arizona and California and all the flights you were doing. And all your world traveling, world traveling, Jake Seeley, by the way, coming to a state near you on the Jake oh, Seeley no. world tour. No, that I heard Nicole knows that was the, that was the only ever multi-day in-season trip that will ever happen for the rest of our lives, because let alone to the West Coast. Very, but I flew back at we left 4 p.m. on Sunday 
had two layovers, and then the flight from Phoenix to Charlotte was the overnight one. We tried to sleep. I paid for first class. Oh, it's going to sound like first world problems. I'm really sorry. Like that didn't sound like I made. I was trying to hope that paying for the one leg of the trip first class will splurge. This will be our money trip this year. Like I was like, oh, this will be worth it because then we can sleep first class on a regular plane. Don't even pay for it. Like, don't, it, it was not worth it. I didn't get any extra sleep. I barely slept. And we got back at 9 a.m. on Monday. I'm still, uh, you might hear it in my throat. I'm still you, not 100%. You don't get the, me. like, little sleep pods or whatever? Is that? No, that's that's only, like, apparently, well, I mean, I knew that wasn't any, like, like United States flights. That's only international, like, going over oh. the waters of the pods. I thought, I still thought it would lay down more than it did. It still has a limit. You can still, you still thought they so would, far. you still thought they would just like sprawl like, the poor me, people no, out so you could walk over degree, them. And, 45 degrees. Like, give me like a full on, almost like, like a, like that vertical kind of, I don't know, I can't even talk, whatever. You're I like, just, oh, stewardess, stewardess, <laughs> would you please steal that blanket from that poor over there and bring it to me you know, in first give class? You a blanket or pillow either. From back oh, in the day, this was all sanitary reasons. But no, it barely declines. Declines? Inclines? Reclines? I Next don't know. Next time, I when, talk. You, Let's talk when, you, when you do do the first class, be like, mm, do do first well, class. Well, I, uh, yeah, I, you just got to talk like this. I didn't enjoy my first class as much as I thought I could. No <laughs> I will caviar say, you know what's surprising? They came over and they did the whole, like, we're going to give you drinks before anybody else gets on the plane. Like, as people are boarding, which I always thought was the most, like, absurd thing ever. Like, get people on the plane. Like, but they came over. She's like, would you like any water or orange juice or something else? And we were both like, no, nah, we're good. And she like stood there for a second. Like we were like, she was like, didn't know what to do. You like, shut down. You shut them down. You're like, <laughs> she's like, this is first class. She's like, we have to look better than the, than the pores. Get back your there. fresh squeezed orange juice, sir. <laughs> would you like us to punch a, punch a kid? Or punch, what, what do you want us to do? Punch a kid in commercial. In commercial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll do anything you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous i've never been on first class so i wouldn't know so first world problems from jake c i'm the relatable one out here i'm with you guys <laughs> let's talk about week six i don't know Same probably relatable in, in all the garbage we got uh, a few news and notes and then we're going to get to the rb and the wide receiver waivers a couple streaming options we will do all of those things first up we'll intertwine some of the news without completely spoiling the waivers but uh 49ers head coach kyle shanahan said that christian mccaffrey Hopefully, we'll play in week seven against the Vikings with that oblique injury. Some speculation out there that it could have been a week and maybe the smart thing would be to give him an extra week, but there's one extra day to get going and coming off of a, as a 49er fan, if you guys can't tell, um, just a brutal, disgusting loss, which, you know, they had every opportunity, even though they got screwed by the refs multiple times, they had every opportunity to win and uh, losing McCaffrey was a big thing. It's important and this is a tough one, Jake. And you told me off air, this is a little bit of an ifs and buts type uh, waiver week. And I think we've had one of those also already this um, this NFL season, just because like Christian McCaffrey being gone vaults potentially two other options, whether it's Eli Mitchell or Jordan Mason to the top. If he doesn't play, if he does play, not so sure about it. Uh, we'll talk about where the waivers go in those guys, but any thoughts on the potential of Christian McCaffrey not playing or being in action and what that does to the other guys? <laughs> yeah, well, it makes Elijah Mitchell top 15, especially on a six-team buy, and I know people are like, oh, Elijah Mitchell hasn't been in the lead, and Jordan Mason's looked good, but all the quotes and talk from the team has been Elijah Mitchell. This is who they've turned to in the past. They like Elijah Mitchell. They kept him around because they like Elijah Mitchell. We know he has an injury history. We know his injury risk. We, that's not even a question. But 
when healthy and out there, and they brought him in slowly, similar to Jonathan Taylor, as in not the same talent level, but like making sure he's 100%. I think there's no Christian McCaffrey. I think Mitchell's the lead. Now, do I think Mitchell's getting 80% of the work? Absolutely not because of the fragility and because, you know, Jordan Mason's look good. But a 60-40, I would still take him. I would take this, like, uh, the comparison that I was made, making was similar to, I would say no Christian McCaffrey. Mitchell is Mostert. And whether it's Ahmed or Jeff Wilson, that's who the the other option is of Jordan Mason. And now can both finish his top 20? Can both be RB1s? Sure. Can one flip and go the other direction depending on who scores? Sure. But they both come into play because they play for the damn 49ers, just like anybody comes into play with the Dolphins. Your top two options for both teams come into play. If Christian McCaffrey's back, I think you still take a chance on Elijah Mitchell as the RB3, but that one I would like way less because then I don't know if they keep – like. If there's no Christian McCaffrey, the 49ers probably force Mitchell to get worked in like a normal workload. No, no, I say four, but you get what I'm saying. If there is Christian McCaffrey, well, what if it's let's keep like why risk Mitchell if we do have McCaffrey? We have Mason to spell McCaffrey. Like that's where it becomes iffier and uglier, honestly. Yeah. And Shanahan was asked about the Mason starting thing, and he they kind of noted that uh, Eli Mitchell had just not got enough work in last week to get a full right. workload and that he's also earned the opportunity. So Bogman and I got in a little bit of an argument about the Mason versus Eli Mitchell stuff. And, you know, his was like, well, they showed us this weekend that it was Mason. And I was like, mm, I just don't think Eli was fully ready in, to, in, to go and Shanahan loves him. So that's, we'll talk a little tiny bit more about that here coming up, but Christian McCaffrey potentially going to play in week seven, Monday night football against the Vikings lions head coach, Dan Campbell said that Dave Montgomery will be out a little bit with a rib injury which he suffered against the Bucks. That's not good, though that team <laughs> kind of all, they're not the Niners or anybody like that, but they do make running backs look good. Craig Reynolds looked decent. Jameer Gibbs was out, but most likely Jameer Gibbs. Here's my question with this. Jameer Gibbs plays uh, the next game. I don't know if they change Jameer Gibbs' role to just be David Montgomery, or if they try to keep him in the same usage they have and they put... With a little bit of a change, and they put Craig Reynolds in the David Montgomery position. Do you know what I'm saying? Where I don't think either one of those guys is going to get the David Montgomery um, carries, but I think it's a possibility that they could still use Craig Reynolds in some of the early down stuff that they do with David Montgomery, and then just kind of keep Jameer Gibbs where they have been with just a little bit more usage. I guess what I'm telling you is I'm not sold that <laughs> Jameer Gibbs becomes a workhorse with David Montgomery out. I don't think so either. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. And we've already seen this. We saw this uh, against the Falcons. Now, actually, you could argue that Gibbs was a workhorse as what, 18, 19 touches in that game. So he was. But Craig Reynolds had a couple carries on him. And Knight had a couple carries. Goff ran a few. Uh, and it was a decent game. I think you expect more than that. I like So workhorse is a relative term to like how you're defining it, of course. Um Bell cow, maybe like where like 80% of the work is his. And I think that I don't, I don't remember the number was 80%. I think it was close. I know it was over 70%. So I think Gibbs, if plays now coming off an injury on top of it, if plays, I think 60 to 65 plus I could see yeah. where Craig Reynolds comes into play. And at that situation, I don't really love Reynolds because Reynolds for me is basically Deontay Foreman last week. Like Deontay Foreman was in eh. His fringe RB2, RB3, didn't score a touchdown, so his day was okay. If he has a touchdown, of course, we're like a lot happier. But I think trying to say, let's take the touchdown out of it, because touchdown's going to skew everybody. 
I mean, everybody across the you're a touch touchdown at tight end. You're a tight end one. So they like excuse everybody. Let's just take the overall production. I would say no Jameer Gibbs. Craig Reynolds is Deonta Foreman from last week with Jameer Gibbs. Put Deonta Foreman with Jameer Gibbs. Mm, I'm not really interested because now you're just hoping he falls in for a touchdown. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Sarah Bishop uh, Barshop, I'm sorry, from over from ESPN. This is a Barbershop? Riddle World Report. Barbershop believes that Rams running back Zach Evans is likely to get the RB duties in week seven. We had the ankle injury with Kyron Williams, Ronnie Rivers down with a knee injury. So this is bottom barrel stuff. Uh, I don't even know if we're going to talk about him in the waivers. Oh, yeah, it looks like we will. We'll talk about him in the waivers here. But Zach Evans looks like he's going to get the go. So uh, you can we'll save the comments on that because we'll be jumping okay. into it. Uh, well, quick, say, I'll give you one comment. You're, you know I'm tired because I'm feeling so stupid. I already you, I laughed at doo-doo, and then you said barbershop duties. No, duties. Yeah. Oh, like duties. duties. Yeah, duties. <laughs> LOL. Duties. I need sleep. <laughs> <laughs> this is what does uh, That's why I'm so weird as well on the West Coast. It just it gets you. Uh, and then a couple of pieces of quarterback news. Um, Anthony Richardson, at least reported from Stephen Holder over on ESPN, is likely to miss the rest of the season, which would allude to him getting uh, some surgery on his shoulder, which is, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a brutal blow for the owners of him. But I don't know, even though the Minshew did not look good this week, and I still don't know if it's like an insane downgrade. Do you think it's like an insane downgrade on the weapons after seeing the performance this past weekend? Has any of that changed your mind? No, I just I like the fact that what we saw for Downs is that that's the, the appeal as he continues to like I I just put the huffy face like I don't know how many times I have to say go pick up Downs like if you don't want Downs yeah. you know again he's only a wide receiver four but that's really what it comes down to is that there's appeal for Downs. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And uh, Ryan Tannehill won't require surgery on an injured ankle. But there is going to be at least a little theoretical missed time. It's looking like I guess week eight is a possibility, but um, it's not a season long blow, which I don't, you know, no offense to him. Speaking I just don't of, think any fantasy person thing, cares You want about, to say so. number, by the way, and how stupid the passer rating stat is? You know who has the number one passer rating in the NFL if you include anybody with five attempts? Please don't say Malik or Malik Ryan Tannehill. Oh, Coming okay. up for Tannehill. All right, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We got to have minimums. Four, have four minimums. for five for 74 yards. Yeah, but that's like in baseball, like being like, hey, this guy's the best ERA. He's only pitched five innings. Well, these other guys have pitched 100. Like, you can't do that. Oh, no, of course. That's what I said. It's a passer rating stats of five attempts. And you could have the best passer rating. That's ridiculous. That's dumb. All right. The, those are some of the news and notes. Let's talk about the waivers. We're going to kick it off with running backs this week. We already, cat's out of the bag as far as um, number one goes because you put Eli Mitchell in here. Bogman and I had kind of gone back and forth, like I said, about maybe this is a Jordan Mason versus Eli Mitchell wait to find out the news. As I mentioned, Cal Shanahan all but said, like, Eli's going to be the guy if Christian McCaffrey can't go. He's earned it. He just wasn't healthy last week. They would spell with Mason. But you've got Eli at number one. Is there any trepidation with the Christian McCaffrey news? Do you think you're going to alter off of this? Uh, until further notice, I mean, like we've heard 
hopeful news before, and then it hasn't happened. Saquon Barkley went from I don't have a high ankle sprain to I have a high ankle sprain. I'm gone for four weeks. Like that. That's why. And if if I'm doing waivers before the news comes out, like we're going to talk about the other players behind him. But see, there is nobody on waivers that has RB1 upside. Elijah Mitchell has RB1 upside or Christian McCaffrey is out. That's the tough thing about this. And that I, I was saying earlier on Monday as well is I don't believe you're going to re- come close to remotely knowing the actual status of Christian McCaffrey before waivers runs. If you're a McCaffrey owner, you got to be aggressive on Eli Mitchell. If you're not, maybe you don't go nuts, but you should, everybody should put a claim in for him. Because if you can get into you know Sunday and get some type of news about it, I don't think you're going to know until Saturday, Sunday, like practices. Does he practice Friday until way past waivers is run? So you just have to pick up Eli Mitchell. And it's an absolute necessity if he were out there as a Christian McCaffrey fan or owner, because then you just make the decision on Monday. You just, all right, I'll just slot whichever guy is in there. So as much as it is a caveat to McCaffrey playing, no one's going to get to make the decision. So that's why I, I stand with you that, you just got to pick up Eli as the number one if he's out there because you just won't know the news. And as you said, this is an RB1 if McCaffrey is out. And that's really the appeal here. Like, it, it, here's the thing. Let's say Chris McCaffrey's back. And you're like, man, I can't believe. I, okay, Chris McCaffrey gets hurt again at some point. There's a risk. And then there's the upside of that, you know what? There'll be weeks where you can start Elijah Mitchell as an RB3, similar to Ahmed or Jeff Wilson, whoever's behind Raheem Mostert, or at the time, HN, when he became the thing, and it was Mostert instead. Like, that's the thing. Like, worst case scenario, you have a bi-week RB3. So I'm, I'm not too upset about it if Christian McCaffrey still plays this week. Yeah, I, I'm, I think you just, you got to make that, and you got to roll with that. Mason's fun, but I just don't think J- Jordan Mason um, falls into it as much as everybody thinks, just because he got the usage last week. Coming in at number two, Bears running back, Roshan Johnson. What? I'm gonna keep, I said number two. Number <laughs> two. Going. I'm going to keep this like this, the third duty joke. <laughs> Let's see. Going. Yeah, I'm going to just put a bunch of poop emojis on this uh, <laughs> podcast when I tweet it. So, uh, Roshan Johnson, I, this is another one where this comes down to feeling. And we just saw Deonta Foreman with the work. Deonta Foreman wasn't active until Khalil Herbert got hurt and Roshan Johnson's out. And it just, that's really comes down to it. I believe Roshan Johnson has more upside. If he's only the same 30 to 40% timeshare piece, it wouldn't shock me. And that's the risk. But again, waivers are about upside. I'm not trying to get an RB4. I'm not trying to get a wide receiver five. I'm not getting somebody on my bench to be like, I have bench depth. Whoop de doo. No, I want somebody who could potentially get top 20 upside. Deonta Foreman, with all the work, was like RB25. We just saw the upside of Deonta Foreman. I want Roshan Johnson, and I would have held on to him. Uh, So if he's back, which he should be, because he's got way enough time now to clear from the concussions, I would take the upside of Roshan Johnson. Maybe it's only 50% of the work, but I would take the chance. Of course, the added concern here is that Badgent mixes things up and all of a sudden, but I will say... The running back used from last week, Deontay Foreman actually did a little bit better with Badgett and quarterback because it was a more natural run game for him. Yeah, so did DJ Moore, which is ridiculous. <laughs> it was, it was the old Justin Fields. I guess we didn't mention him too. I guess uh, Fields likely to miss like a week, and then you know I don't know. It looked it looked like there was maybe a two to three week possibility uh, for Justin Fields. Did you confirm that as well? Nah, it might be longer. It's his yeah, it throwing thumb, and it's like. You put a splint on it and then can you throw with it? And then, yeah, this is, mm. 
I think it was, wasn't it a dislocation? That's, I think this was, that's what it was, right? Yeah, I think so. And, and that can have completely different ramifications of like, you can just be good to go or you could be out for like a month, pending what type of ligaments are in there. So still waiting on that. Uh, are we in the dumps for number three? Now I'm just purposely trying there, Jake. Um, yeah, if you have to pick forced. up, if you have to pick <laughs> up Zach Evans, Zach Evans comes in at number three here because he would be the theoretical guy this week. Yeah, he's Deonta Foreman. And like all the work, uh, he's the next one too. Let's just throw both of them in there. Craig Reynolds is number four. It's Craig Reynolds and Zach Evans are basically the same exact thing. You're hoping if there is no Kyron Williams, if Jameer Gibbs doesn't come back, it's a volume play, just like Deontay. Deontay Foreman was a volume play and pretty much did what you would expect from a volume play that isn't overly talented. This is Zach Evans. Like, I know people got excited. There were draft people that were excited for him. Eh, whatever. Zach Evans got beat up by Ronnie Rivers. He couldn't get past Ronnie Rivers. He, he's in the Deontay Foreman conversation. These are replaced. These are what you consider true when people say replacement level running backs. Like, not everybody has the opportunity to go from Christian McCaffrey to Elijah Mitchell. Actually, Elijah Mitchell would be better than some other running backs, if healthy, in the NFL. Like, that, I don't see that as true replacement level. When I say replacement level is, like, what can you go get off waivers in fantasy or, like, backups of other teams off the street? Like, Deontay Foreman's that. Craig Reynolds is that. Zach Evans, until proven otherwise, I just don't see it. Maybe I'm wrong. And I'm just playing the volume play if there's no Kyron Williams. And I would play because I like Evans more in the passing game and the upside on the Rams than I do than Craig Reynolds on the Lions. But they're both in the exact same conversation. You, you, RB2 or 3, they'll probably both be RB2s if Kyron Williams and Jameer Gibbs are out because we're on a 16 bye. So, yeah, that's that's really, like, I'm not overly excited for either one of them. And McVeigh also kind of was just like, uh, you know, we're going to, we got Royce Freeman. We'll bring him up in the waivers. We got to figure some stuff out. Maybe they'll look on the wire. I know a lot of rumors around Leonard Fournette this week about him talking with teams and stuff like that. They'd probably have to get something done in the next 24 hours. But I also think like Evan starts and they just go, okay, well, our running will be throwing to Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup within the first <laughs> five yards. That'll be what they end up doing. You mentioned Craig Reynolds is number four. Number five. Jalen Warren to finish out our top five waivers. There are many more on the article to make sure to go check out. We just talked about the top five. This is pretty self-explanatory. Jalen Warren, just a better back than Najee Harris. Najee Harris has uh, been the poop emoji pretty much uh, for the majority of the season. I know there's, there's some instances of people wanting to defend, but at some point you would hope this team is just going to turn it over to Jalen Warren. So uh, any other uh, thoughts to add? Not really. It's just that they had the buy, so maybe this switch happens and maybe it continues to be what it is. But if it continues to be what it is, he's an RB three. Who's been more productive than Najee Harris. That's it's for 16 by there's also pretty slim on waivers on top of it. Although it's like this giant, if this person plays, this person doesn't, this person doesn't, this person doesn't it. And cause you can go past Jalen Warren. There's some other options that come into play depending on who does and does not play this week. Yeah. It's like a, uh, it's like a warning signal for like a, you know, like some alcohol or cigarette ad, they'd be like, warning, that's how uh, this week is with all the running backs. Um, hilariously, Dumpsville. We're in Dumpsville. <laughs> and, you know, I'm with you on this. I definitely got this one wrong. I continuously just never loved Alexander Madison. Not that I should have loved Cam Akers, but I thought the trading for Cam Akers and every week it seemed like they were ticking him up in usage. And it came to a head where Cam Akers just, they didn't use him at all this past week and he didn't particularly look great. So he has made Dumpsville for you. Mm, and it really comes down, what I started off, it's 
only if it's a roster crunch. I, of course, do not want to back. I don't want to drop a backup the next man up. Like, I don't want to drop any of them. Like, if, like Roshan Johnson with Deonta Foreman. I don't want to drop Deonta Foreman until Khalil Herbert's back. I don't want to drop anybody that could potentially one injury away from a volume play, but you're the lead option. Like, like do I want to drop Najee Harris? No. But if you had to, if you had to drop Najee Harris, I could see it. Nobody's trading for him. Nobody's trading for Cam Akers, and that's what it comes down to. If you need options, you need people to play this week, you have a quarterback, and you can't drop your quarterback because it's a really good one. And I'm trying to think, like, uh, who might be on a bye this week? I was going to say, I know the Jets, Carolina, both those. Oh, Burrow. Burrow's on a bye. You know, have a backup quarterback. That's what it comes down to. The Madison situation was interesting. I, I was with you 40% for Cam Akers two weeks ago. I was like, ooh. Concern, like yeah, a little bit. Here we go. Radar, put your radar out there. I was like, "Yay, Cam Akers!" But like, at least pay attention. And then last week with no Justin Jefferson, which would you thought might be more run heavy and more lean on Cam Akers to get some between the tackle runs, he's basically non-existent. So, mm, that's it. Come still. Bye bye. Flush the toilet. You're out. Poop time. All right, uh, let's go over to wide receivers. The wide receiver waivers this week are led. By Joshua Palmer. What is Josh Palmer's ownership at this point? Because the Quinton Johnston stuff, I I got wrong the Cam Akers stuff. I was firmly in the Palmer over Johnson, and Johnson has been a big nothing burger. But what is the ownership percentage on Palmer right now? Still 50, 57. That's crazy. They were on a buy. I get it, but I, yeah, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't get it, honestly. I don't know. All right, well, he's number one on your waivers, so. Yeah, just a huffy face emoji. What the hell are you waiting for? Like, why, why didn't you pick him up? Like that's really what it comes down to. I don't care that he was on by like the Quentin Johnston thing. Like Quentin Johnston was over, like just the, the, I get the excitement, shiny new toy, pure ceiling, Quentin Johnston, Jonathan Mingo, Marvin Mims, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, all of them. They're all great ceiling potentials. They're all still buried. Honestly, the one least buried of all of them is Jonathan Mingo. He's the least buried of the buried ones, but until further notice, like, do not, I, this is the Cam Akers. Please don't drop him if you can. Please hold on. But at this point, let's talk about number two. Number two, I, I actually, it's funny. Last week, you were talking about Dumpsville again. Last week, let's talk about number two in Dumpsville. Uh, last week, I, I had all Chiefs. But that was because Justin Watson's like, this is how quickly things can change. And I get it. Some people are like, I'm not dropping Rasheed Rice. And I said, that's fine. Like, he's similar to Cam Akers. He's similar to the Quentin Johnstons and the Marvin Mims. Like, don't drop if you don't need to. I'm just saying these are droppable. We have to go right back to Rasheed Rice, who is now number two, because Justin Watson got hurt. I kept saying this. And here's the proof. This is what happened. Justin Watson was in front of him. Rasheed Rice is a one-for-one Justin Watson replacement in this offense of how they were being used, similar to... Joshua Palmer replacing Mike Williams one for one before Justin Watson left with an injury. Rice had 36.8% of the routes, zero targets. As soon as Watson left 59% of the routes, almost a double jump. Then not quite a 70 ish percent. I don't know. I'm not doing math. I'm too tired, but then 16.7% of the team target share. He replaced them and became the third option. Now, can he get up to number two? Now is quite possible. And that's why you take him because he's also on the Chiefs. But this is why some of these guys are stashable versus droppable versus rosterable. But Rasheed Rice and Josh Palmer are both. Those are ones that if you don't need running back help, that's who you should be going after. Yeah, I actually find it really tough to figure out which one because 
you know, the offense in uh, in L.A., they're going to sling the ball, and the second wide receiver can always live. That's why Mike Williams was good. We got a, a seven targets out of Josh Palmer this week, only four for 60. But you know there's going to be volume, and the top two receivers are going to get a target share. I would take – if I don't need running back, I would take Josh Palmer over everybody, except maybe Elijah Mitchell. There's no Christian McCaffrey. Elijah Mitchell is like easy, easy, yeah. easy. Well, I'm saying I agree here. The only thing is, is like with Rishi Rice, like you mentioned – I think Rishi Rice is the number one wide receiver and is going to hold that number Talent, one wide receiver sure, role. But he's still not being. They don't. They don't use but him that way. That's the problem. Is they spread the targets everywhere, and like the number one wide receiver in Kansas City still probably gets less targets than the number two in L.A. So that's kind of the differentiating factor. But I agree. Though these are like top tier wide receivers you can get off of the wire right now. Coming in at number three, his usage is still not crazy. He is the Gabe Davis of the Lions. <laughs> he is Jamison Williams, and it is all big plays. And he made a big play this weekend, but he comes in at number three. Is Jamison Williams an all-or-nothing type of wide receiver, or do you think the volume could start to tick up? It could. Right now it is. We're talking about, what was it, 13 routes? Or is it 12 routes? It was, was it nine. I, mean, I, I overestimated. It was nine routes. Nine mm-hmm. routes, three for two, 53 yards, and a touchdown. 12.3 points. It was the big play. It was the big play that I actually had to go back and watch because I missed that one jumping around when that game was kind of irrelevant at that point. But, uh, and then Jordan Goff, <laughs> Jordan Goff, Jared Goff, I was checking, all of a sudden I like checked and it's like, oh, 340 yards, <laughs> whatever it was. Like, what the, when did that happen? But uh, Jamison Williams, until he gets to even number, th- even number three would be exciting. Like, can we get past Khalif Raymond? <laughs> can we get, I don't know, 60%? If he had 60% of the routes, He'd be a wide receiver for every single week. Cheap version, Walmart version, Gabe Davis every single week. But right now, I don't even know how you start him outside of just a desperation, like what we just saw last week. He's DFS, desperation, betting, whatever it might be. But he has to move up, and he can. The talent is there. He can move up the depth chart, but he needs to move up. That This is Marvin Mims. Like everybody's like, there was, remember the two weeks in a row? And everybody's like, oh, well, you have to start Marvin Mims because when he, he gets a play. And then what happened for the next three weeks? Nothing. Like, you know, this is the chances you're taking. Yeah. Served up a bunch of nothing burgers. I would actually argue if you want the big, I would argue that Jameson Williams is the most talented wide receiver. And it's probably not really an argument. I think you'd probably agree of all these guys that are on the top five list. He's the most talented wide receiver, but due to his usage and where it's at, I'd probably put him at the bottom of these five because the next two I like for different reasons. I think there, there might be like a ceiling ceiling is overweighed by the floor type of thing to saying that maybe they're safe. Curtis Samuel is not sexy, but he is a four to five catch guy every single week. And he gets targeted in the red zone. He comes in at number four and Josh downs. You literally didn't even put like a breakdown outside of the Huffy emoji. Cause I agree. He, he has the best representation of floor and some of the ceiling in that Colts offense. And actually I would put him at number three, um, but maybe they just lack the total upside. So thoughts on Samuel and Josh Downs, who are four and five on the waiver wire wide receivers. Well, Samuel has actually not really changed this year. It's been in that 40, 50, 60 yards every single week. It's just the whether or not he scores a touchdown. But that's the thing. You're getting the floor. You're getting the floor of five or six points, but you're getting the upside of 14 or 15 if he scores. It's the only difference. Curtis Samuel, wide receiver four, floor limited ceiling. That's That's who he is. Josh Downs isn't too different than him. It's the offense he plays in is what caps his ceiling. Uh, obviously doesn't have the rushing upside. 
And the huffing emoji is because Josh Downs has been there in the preseason, week one, week two, week three, week four. He's been there every single week. And if you look at their box scores of fantasy points production, they're almost identical. Like the first three weeks, though, I think Josh Downs in week four hadn't had a touchdown yet, and Curtis Samuel did. So that's the only difference. But outside, like it's almost identical, and that's why they're here. The reason I put Williams in front of him, and this is what I explained, like I'm going for ceiling again. Josh Downs and Curtis Samuel, if you need production right now, they are the better pickups. They have been the better pickups. The Huffy emoji, that's why. But if I'm just purely, if I don't need it, like if Curtis Samuel and Josh Downs are going to be your wide receiver five, hopefully you've listened to us and you've been very well drafted and very good on the waivers and you don't need them. And in that case, as much as I like Downs and Samuel, as I'm stashing my fifth, sixth wide receiver, I'm stashing Jameson Williams, not them. How do you pair those, especially those last three guys, against the guy that makes Dumpsville, Elijah Moore? You put Elijah Moore in there, and Elijah Moore's upside also kind of cap. He kind of, it's funny looking at like Elijah Moore compared to like Curtis Samuel and Josh Downs. Like it's Spider Man meme to me, Josh Downs and Eli Moore right now. So you put him in Dumpsville. Mm -hmm. Are you cutting him for Downs or Samuel or even Jameson? The only reason he's here. It's because I told her, like, everybody wanted to pick him up, wanted to pick him up. I'm like, no, like, I, I don't want Elijah Moore. Like, I, I put him in there one week because people kept asking about him. I was like, what's the next? Here's the explanation. If you want to, fine. If this offense finally clicks, if he's the number two, he's been running this to slot. He's got a little bit more work outside. For everybody up, here's his game log 7.7, 5.6, 9.3, 1.0. And 4.7. Why do people want Elijah Moore? I loved Elijah Moore's talent. I loved him on the Jets. I was excited for him. It's like, hey, he can do things with Mike White and Zach Wilson. If he gets more opportunities with a good quarterback, hell, Elijah Moore. Yeah. It didn't happen last year. And let's move on. It's not happening now. Like, let's just, like, Elijah Moore is a name. Elijah Moore is not a production. Who do you think scores more points? Starting right now, Josh Downs or Elijah Moore? Downs. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I completely agree if, with you. If you told me day, Josh day Downs versus Elijah Moore times 1.5, I'd probably still take Downs. He's <laughs> doing it like a, like an underdog like a pick yeah. where it's like yeah. a, an adjustment, a 1.25 adjustment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is where we're at in Dumbsville. Uh, a couple streamers, if we're going over to quarterbacks this week, the top three streamers, Sam Howell who seems to have consistently led this list, even though what a weird game, like just an awful performance with three touchdowns. Like had he not had those touchdowns, it would have just been absolutely trash. Baker Mayfield comes in at number two. He should have the huffy face next to him. Sam Howell was, please draft Sam Howell as your second quarterback. And then week one, streamer, week two, streamer, week three, streamer, four, five, streamer, 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 streamer. Just pick the flipping dude up. I was like, so, and dump. Geno Smith for him. Dump Daniel Jones for him. Dump these quarterback Kenny Pickett. Who I don't know why people are still doing Kenny Pickett outside of our boy and your friend and close cohort of in this league because he's a Steelers fan. He but, hates Kenny Pickett now. Oh, good. Scott <laughs> Bogman knows. Scott Bogman knows. I said Begman. Scott Bogman knows what's up, and that Kenny Pickett's not any good. Sam Howell is a QB one on the season. Yeah, I. I mean, Howell's there, and he's a streaming option. It's actually not the worst matchup this week as well. Uh, Baker Mayfield came in at number two and Aiden O'Connell at number three because Jimmy Garoppolo was in the hospital this time for a back injury. So if it's he him, might, it might yeah, be, yeah, it might Hoyer. be Hoyer. Yeah, exactly. So those are guys to take a look at. Hal, 
definitely a tier above. I would say the those other two. If you're looking, just he to... has one miserable game. This is what zero points, depending on your league. But every single other game was fifteen to twenty five points. I'll I'll live with that one week zero. Yeah, I mean the weapons are pretty good there for Hal too. Like like I'm saying, he I think he was fourteen of twenty three for like 150 yeah. yards passing or something it was gross. But you can be efficient when you've got all these Antonio Gibson, Curtis well, Sam. You got short thing. yardage guys that can make plays. What's the big difference between Sam Howell and Brock Purdy? Yeah, well, um, I mean, Sam Howell is definitely looking to to run, I would say, like exponentially well, more here, than Brock look, Purdy. I, I, I was almost going to say, I'll just mute, I'll, I'll mute, I'll censor myself with what are we doing today? But another poop. But everybody's people lose their. When I say Brock Purdy's not accurate, I mean, they lose their damn minds. And it's like the facts are the facts. Watch Brock Purdy. The numbers back it up. Brock Purdy is not an accurate quarterback. He is actually one of the most inaccurate, but the talent around him and the offense you're playing in. He fits the Shanahan offense. Trey Lance did not fit the Shanahan offense. He, he gets away with offense. a lot of crap. Yes. And he has amazing talent. And that's why I said, what's the real big difference? Sam Howell objectively has made some terrible plays, has made some terrible throws, hasn't been great this entire season. He's been Good. Brock Purdy, Sam Howell, performance passing wise have been good, not great. The talent makes up for it. And that was the point I was going with. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like, I get extremely frustrated with Brock Purdy because he doesn't check down. Um, he He's a one option. And then whatever number two is like, he can't go through progression, deep progressions. If he, I would be shocked to ever see him go through a third progression. He <laughs> He stares down his guy. And he usually does throw it kind of behind them. But you've got really talented wide receivers that also make plays after the catch and stuff. I think he's fine. I think Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy is not the be-all, end-all. I don't think he's insanely overrated, but I also don't think he's elite. I think he's just a fine quarterback in a system that has incredibly good um, talent. Maybe that's describing Sam Howell. I just think Sam Howell makes worse decisions and... Um, is definitely looking to run a bit more, but maybe he would look elite with the 49ers, but uh, he's a top option. And then finally at tight end for streaming, Pat Firemuth coming off the bye. You've got his number one, Logan Thomas, an absolute dud this past week. And Michael Mayer might be the most exciting with a huge target share, but that was also, I think, uh, a lot with Jimmy Garoppolo was out there. And if Garoppolo misses time, is, we'll they have need to see what too. that is. Yeah, so Fire, Firemuth is uh, the top. If, if back, of course. I mean, we know Frymouth, and then I still like Logan Thomas. There's the off week. This is what happens at tight end, though. I'm so annoyed. Like, hey, Logan Thomas, while he's healthy, just play him, play him, play him. And then a huge judge of a week. Like, that's the, the huffy emoji is like, I should also, there should be another something that goes with it because it feels like after I've beat the table so many times and people are like, fine, I'll listen to you, Jake. And then they, when they finally do, and that's like, like when nothing happens. So, uh, but Michael Mayer, this is, I like it that, you know my feelings on him when they talked in the preseason, and I I want to victory lap this one so hard, but like it's it's not done yet. But like the, all the people are like, you have Mayor over Kincaid and Dynasty. Are you that stupid? Is so funny you said that. <laughs> I was literally sitting here thinking, well, I don't know about Dynasty. I would a thousand percent rather Michael Mayer than Kincaid in redraft right now. I would cut him instantly for Mayor. Kincaid has been a situation. massive disappointment. Yeah, know? it came down to the situation. By the way, I was pulling this up while we were doing this. Uh, Brock Purdy is actually ninth and first read. So there's people, Jordan Love is one, and then Richardson to uh, Lamar. What, in passes to first read? To first reads, yeah. First yeah. Read okay, so maybe I'm making a little bit more dramatic. I watched no, but it's up, I mean, ninth, 71%. Yeah. That's a high number. 
It's crazy. It's it is insane. And, and Sam Howell. Oh, Sam Howell is like sixty five. Not who, you want to. Hey, you want to guess who's the lowest in first read percentage? Um, I Kirk Cousins. No, Kirk Cousins is super high. He never looks at Jordan Addison for yeah. lowest. And no, I have no idea. Russell Wilson, fifty percent. Oh, really? Only fifty percent goes to, and right behind him is Geno Smith, and then Josh Allen. Maybe because there's no separation from the wide receivers. And then I would never, not to belabor this point, but I would never have guessed number four either because Adam Thielen's been insane, but Bryce Young is fourth. Really? Um, How many quarterbacks are rated on that? 38. He had qualified Uh, 25 attempts. Okay, so I mean, I think like I am kind of right. If 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 you have thirty eight quarterbacks and number nine is Brock Purdy, that does speak to what I what what you just see if you watch him is he is just trying to Almost stare down your first read. Yeah, yeah, every single time it's crazy, which would be a benefit to Brandon Ayuk, but he also changes it week to week, and that's how they go. So there you go. You got your quarterback streamers. You got your tight end streamers. You got all of your waivers. You're prepped for your waiver stuff. So get locked in. Go over to theathletic.com or follow All In Kid. Click on the article. That'll easily take you there. You can subscribe. And then once you're subscribed, you're just at your article. You can check out all the waivers, see the adjustments, and um, pretty much probably when you're listening to this on Wednesday, the ranks will be out. It's always nice and early Wednesday, right at midnight. And then it's just updated throughout the week. Probably the best um, ranks article you can find out there in the space. So make sure you're locked into it. Follow him at All In Kid. Follow me at Is It The Welsh. That is it. Be back again later in the week. Me and Brandon Funston picking apart Jake's ranks, putting our guys up against his. We'll do it right here, just in a few, on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Until then, have a great one. We'll talk to you then. Bye, friends.